Today on the Rhyme and Reason podcast, we have a fork in the road, some food for thought, and proof that the rapture is almost here. You got to stick around for that. This is episode 147. Hey there, Tony here, your voice of rhyme and reason for life. That's because your life really does have rhyme and reason, and I like to share as much of that as I can to help people understand you're not here by accident, and you're not here uh, to not do anything, and you're not here to be insignificant. You're here because the creator of the universe thought it important enough for you to be here. You've got a rhyme and a reason for your life, and I want to help you know what it is and and maybe help you discover your own. And I got a question for you to start off uh, today with. Are you standing at a fork in the road? There's an old uh, quote, quote from uh, Yogi Berra. He used to play in the, for the Yankees. And he had a lot of funny quotes. And they said, uh, this is attributed to him. He said, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. <laughs> I love that one. But... You know, in life, you you do come to a lot of forks in the road. That's that's a place where the you can see ahead of you. There's two different ways. You know, maybe something to the left and something to the right, and you go, hmm, which way should I go? And it's, I mean, there are literal forks in the road that you got to make a decision on. Uh, oh, do we take this exit? Do we not? Uh, you know, and if you've got a good map and you've been planning ahead, maybe you could get there uh, doing it the right way. But there's metaphorical forks in the road. Let's say you've been winding your way through your days, you know, when suddenly you come up on a fork in the road and you say, well, which way do I go? And then you, you don't know and you say, well, Tony, it depends on what road we're talking about, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it does. But is there a good and trustworthy way to know hmm, which direction to choose, no matter what road it is? No matter what kind of road or what road it is, is there a good way to, to, to know that you can actually have wisdom in your choices? I say there is. You want to know how? Well, good. I hope you do because I'm about to say it. Your life is unique. Yours. Yes, you. You're sitting right there listening to this. Yes, your, li- your life is unique. No one else who ever lived or is living now or will ever live will have the same life as you. But your life is no different from anybody else either. So, does that clear things up or are you confused? Well, let me explain. The DNA found in every cell of your body is incredibly complex and singularly yours, nobody else's. The chances of it existing by chance are so small, well, let's put it this way. You'd be more likely to win the Powerball and to get struck by lightning on three birthdays in a row than having this your DNA exist by chance. It's just too complex. It ain't the case. Your living, loving creator made only one of you, and he put a code inside you that makes sure no one else will be you. Now, I said all that because I want you to realize how special you are. Are you getting that feeling yet? Well, here's the other side of the coin. You're not special. (laughs) Okay, Tony, you just built me up and said I was special. 
Well, you're not that unique or one of a kind when it comes to how your life plays out. So this isn't the physical part now, okay? What I mean is you'll, you'll experience some awesome days and some disappointing days, and you'll have to go through pl- uh, pain, and you'll enjoy some great pleasures too. You will. And so will about 7 billion other people on the planet. So did countless other people throughout history. It's life. In life, you'll come to a fork in the road more than once and in some ways almost daily. In other ways, maybe only a few times throughout your life. But by a fork in the road, I mean a place where you'll have to choose a direction, an option, you know, a judgment call. So... How do you make wise choices when you're faced with a a fork, okay? It depends on who you're willing to trust to help you. You think your best friends have the solution? How about mom or dad? Well, those can be good choices. But what if they're not available when you're faced with a situation that needs a a right-away answer? Who can you turn to then? Well, may I suggest that same living, loving creator I mentioned before? Remember, he designed you. He formed you in your mother's womb. He installed that unique code inside you. He knows what makes you tick. And he's available, here's the key, 24 hours a day, every day of your life. And he's as close as your breath. In fact, he's closer. He's the spirit of life, yours, mine, everybody's. Without him, nobody would exist. But how do you get to know him and discover what his advice might be for you in that fork in your road. How do you do that? His word. Your creator's word says you can plan your way. He lets lets you plan your way, and he can and will direct your steps. That means he won't make your decisions for you, and he didn't plan your life for you, but when you trust him, he won't lead you the wrong way. He'll lead you the direct way. That means you'll get where you need to be. Can I give you a challenge? Here's one for you, okay? Give up trusting in yourself today. Give that up. Start reading God's Word more, especially the writings from Paul in the New Testaments. (laughs) New Testaments. There's only one in the New Testament. Now, which which is more dependable? Which one do you think is much more dependable? Your truth or actual truth. You can think about that for a minute and, you know, see what you come up with. I have a feeling if you actually jump into the Bible and read the, you know, Paul's writings especially, if you're if you're a Gentile and if you're not a Jew, you are a Gentile, read Paul's writings. I think you'll come to the conclusion that his truth that he shares is coming directly from God and it's actual truth. And it's much better than 7 billion human being truths. And that was a little food for thought. I got some more food for thought about food for thought. How's that from, you know, tying it in together? We go from a fork in the road, or a fork is something you used to eat with, so uh, let's take it right on to food, right? You've heard the expression, uh, when somebody thinks uh, something's worth considering, they might say, hmm, well, that's food for thought. Maybe you've said it yourself. I know I know I have, many times. Have you ever considered how important it is to feed your thoughts good food? It's more important than, you, uh, than, than what you feed your body, and, and that's vitally important. So 
What do you feed your thoughts? No one is immune to the lure of junk food for your thoughts. You know what I'm talking about. I mean, meaningless movies, TV, games, you know, video games, etc. I mean, we all, we all go there. And it's not inherently, it's not evil. That's not what I'm saying. But the trouble is that junk food, sit back and relax kind of food for thought, it weakens your brain. It really and truly does. Just like your body needs nutritious food to operate at its best, your brain needs nutritious information. And good news here. It's almost literally all around you this very minute, this very second. You just need to tap into it. Here's some more good news. There are great tools to help you tap into it. Maybe you've heard of some of these. You know, laptops, tablets, smartphones, any of those sound familiar? Do you own one or more? I'm going to go out on a limb and assume you do since there are billions of them on the planet. So how do you tap into nutritious information for your brain? Well, let's see. First step, stop tapping into the junk food. (laughs) Turn off the TV. You know, at least turn it off more than you have been. Skip that latest superhero movie, at least for a week or two. And ignore the lame brain political pundits and all that goes with them. And there's a lot of that right now, and it is so lame brain. After you've done that, then find a book or a DVD or a video or something online using your favorite device that challenge you that'll that'll challenge you to think outside what you learned in public school. Oh no, you mentioned public school. Well, I'm not getting on your case about public school. I'm a recovering public school graduate myself and I remember some awful things they forced on us. And I lived in one of the most conservative school districts in the United States. I'm not exaggerating at all. We had strict dress codes, haircut codes, and behavior codes. We we had those. I'm not kidding. You had to have your hair trimmed above your ears. If your pants had a belt loop, you had to wear a belt. If you had a shirt that had a tail on it, it was supposed to be tucked in. I mean, that's the kind of stuff we had. And this is a public school I'm talking about. And there was... Still corporal punishment, you know, like smacks on the behind with the Board of Education. I got that for chewing gum in gym class. Didn't even remember that I was chewing it and the coach caught me. smack a man, right in front of everybody. And uh, I'll let you know, it hurt. But I never did that again. <laughs> Just so you know, it works. And in, in our school, we also had prayer at all school functions before games and, and in some of the classes. I'm not kidding. This was in a public school. Now, granted, I went to public school a long time ago, but, you know, it's not all that long ago as far as history goes. But, you know, imagine with prayer and dress codes and all that, it, you can see it was a very conservative school district, school, um, high school that I was in. That was high school. Yet with all that conservative leaning... We were still fed the evolution fairy tale. I'll bet you were too, right? So that's one of the reasons I suggest getting to true higher learning. And the best source I could possibly recommend to start with is found in the New Testament of the Bible. Uh Uh-oh, Tony's talking religion again. Martha! (laughs) Uh, No, actually I'm talking about some of the most nutritious food for thought you'll ever read. 
If you don't own a Bible, no problem. Use your favorite device that we talked about before and tap into the wonderful world of the digital Bible. In some ways, it's cooler because you can find things quick, quickly. You really can. And, and you can have references at your fingertips, cross-references, tons and tons of um, uh, tools to dive into it even deeper. And it's an amazing tool. I have it. It's, it was the first extra app that I put on my iPhone when I first got an iPhone way back in whatever that year was, uh, 2009 or something. But anyway, if you do that, you'll discover how your exercise routine might be helping a little, but connecting with your creator is infinitely more important. And that's just one of the thousands and thousands of nutritious nuggets you'll discover for your brain by using that one simple tool. Far superior to those golden nuggets under the golden arches or at the colonel's place. Now today is a great day to start because your tomorrow on earth isn't even guaranteed. So what do you think? Have I enticed you at least a little? Are you ready to start? Or do you just prefer junk food for the brain? I hope not. It's, it's more important than even what you're putting in your body, organic or otherwise. So uh, please, uh, just start today. Now, speaking of today, I've got this headline for you. The rapture is almost here. Rejoice. So let me let that sink in just a couple of seconds. With the rapture almost here, do you have your affairs in order? Have you sold all your belongings and given to the poor and gathered together your women, children, and families? Are you looking up in anticipation? Well, if not, I have proof positive from the King James Version of the Bible that the rapture is indeed almost here. What? You want me to prove it? Okay. All right. It's simple. Check out uh, a passage in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. In it, he mentions the correct presumptive Republican candidate for U.S. president by name. You've heard that uh, term lately, I'm, I'm sure. If you've been listening to the news, you've heard that term, presumptive Republican candidate. You know who that is, right? That's Trump. Well, Paul says, at the last Trump, Christians will be caught up in the air in the twinkling of an eye. Now, that's, a, that's in the King James Version. Not the New King James, but the King James. So, you know, a lot of people think that's the most authoritative version of the Bible ever. It's directly from... Uh, Jesus himself, as some would have you think, and they write it, he wrote it down into that book in Old English for some reason. Yeah, I, I digress. But anyway, in the old King James Version of the Bible, it says right there, Paul wrote that, uh, how, did I, how did he do? At the last trump, Christians, and at, well, he uses the phrase at the last trump, but what he's talking about there is Christians will be caught up in the air in the twinkling of an eye. Now, I can't imagine there being another Trump of any significance in our history, so the Donald must surely be the last. I mean, come on, this is so blatantly obvious, isn't it? Can't we all simply read between the lines and acknowledge what we're being told? Okay, hopefully you're catching on to my tongue-in-cheek editorial or this biblical exposition. You can tell that I don't mean it, I'm joking around, but I have a serious reason for bringing up this topic. 
okay, in this way. I'm seeing lots of Christians, they and they outwardly claim it, they're, that they're Christians, and they're saying how they'll vote for Donald Trump for president. They have reasons like, he's the front runner. Uh, he's the only Republican who has a chance. Or he wants to make America great again. Or he puts Americans first. And here's, the, here's a really good one. He's better than Hillary. And there are other reasons, but, you know, those pop up more than most. But they're all horrible reasons, especially if you're a Christian. And if you're a Christian and you can justify voting for Donald Trump, I say this, you simply don't care what God thinks about it, pure and simple. I'll repeat that, you just don't care what God thinks about it. Let me address each one of those reasons, okay? So, the front runner. Well, that's a weak reason with no reason. Okay, and the next one. Only Republican. He's the only Republican who has a chance. Hmm. You mean party trumps. Yeah, pun intended. Party trumps principle? Is that what you mean? Okay, how about the next one? He, he'll make America great again. How? By standing firm on economic issues while compromising life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness? I don't think so. And then how about this one? He puts Americans first. Well, yeah, except the tiniest Americans who can't defend themselves, the unborn. He doesn't put them first. And then, you know, the best one of all, he's better than Hillary. No, no, no. He's far worse. Far worse. Hillary boldly states her despicable ideas. Donald claims conservative principles while supporting a variety of despicable ideas. And here's the key, a wolf in sheep's clothing is always worse, worse than a real wolf. I just wish Christians would simply read God's Word and understand what He expects from believers. Ask yourself, if you're a Christian, if Jesus would recommend a candidate who compromises on and even financially supports the killing of unborn children. And yes, Trump has done that. More than once, and even recently he said, that Planned Parenthood has done some wonderful things. Ay, ay, ay. And please, please, please don't say God puts people in positions of power. So we, you know, or, or that uh, God has this all planned out and we can't fully understand because his ways are higher than ours. Don't say all that. Please, don't, don't say that nonsense where the unbelieving world can hear it. They already think we're wacky. Don't give them reason to feel justified. Those are just not true. God doesn't do evil that good may come of it, and he tells us not to either. All of this confusion is a big reason why the headline reads, Rapture Almost Here. Well, what do you think? Have I given you reason enough to reconsider? Okay, I'll just say it like this. The bottom line, Christians, don't vote for Trump. And I just have a strong gut feeling that you won't listen to anything I'm saying. You won't take this to heart. Well, if you don't vote, then you can't have a voice. I got a voice. And by not voting for Hillary and not voting for Trump, who those are probably going to be the candidates, by not voting for either one, I have voted. I've voted against them both because they are both horrible candidates. Horrible the worst this country has ever seen until the next election, <laughs> okay? They're terrible, horrible candidates. And you know, 
Christians, you know in your heart of hearts that God would not be pleased for you voting for either one of them because they compromise on life, unborn life. They compromise over and over in cases of millions of lives, millions and millions. They don't care about that, and they do not care about you. And I predict that whoever gets elected, this country will be in worse shape four years from now when it's time for another election. That's, that's my prediction. Not prophecy. I don't prophesy. It's a prediction. So, now, I don't want to end up on a down note. I want to thank you all for listening to my humble Rhyme and Reason podcast. I, um, your, your support, as I always say, means the world to me. It really and truly does. I wanted to mention that I have a new book that's been published on multiple platforms. Kindle, it was published on the Kindle platform first. You can go to Amazon.com and find my book called Rhyme and Reason in Ephesians. It's me taking a, a beginner's look through the book of Ephesians that Paul wrote, and there's some rhymes in there to help you remember passages. So it's good for younger readers, but I think adults could enjoy reading it with them. You can also f- uh, find it through Smashwords. They're making it available through iTunes and Sony and Kobo and those kind of places. So I'm excited that uh, I have another book out there, Rhyme and Reason in Ephesians. You could subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. I would love to get a review from you if you like it. And, and you can even leave a review if you don't like it. Um, but please let me know why. And you connect with me on LinkedIn. You can circle me on Google+, follow me on Twitter. You can watch my videos on YouTube. There will be a couple more before too long. I've actually been putting up some children's music videos, so and they're personalized. There's different addresses for different names. It's uh, some some uh, some of the kids are enjoying that already. And of course, you can find me on Facebook. So those are the social media links, and then you can find other ways to connect and share. Sharing is caring on TonyFunderburk.com. And I won't drive the point any further. I think I've gone enough. But thank you again for being there. And until next time, this is Tony saying, may God bless you and keep you.